0: Amara Goldstein joins us, Managing Director and Senior Biotechnology Analyst at Mizzou Americas. Amara, great to have you here, and a nice uh, timing. As uh, Anastasia points out, healthcare stocks is being a way through this. How come the biotechs aren't working?
1: I think it's a combination of a variety of things. The first is that, you know, last year we saw a huge, huge uh, year for public offerings. So you had a lot of companies come public. These are typically early stage companies. And, you know, just as the economy is turning away from companies that have this inflation sensitivity, you had a tremendous amount of companies come public all at the same time, a lot of capital being put to work that's rotating into other sectors. And a lot of these companies are small, thinly traded. you know, and, and that, you know, is a big piece of what's going on.
0: So, uh, as these smaller companies, they're just kind of getting wrapped up in uh, a, a broader kind of the, the de risking we're talking about, where investors are saying, hey, if something's got to grow, extreme sales without profits, I don't know if I want to take a chance on that yet. Is that kind of the logic being applied?
1: Yeah, I think there's a combination of that. You know, some would argue the market got quite frothy. Uh, We didn't see a ton of M&A last year, uh, which is typically something that investors like to see. Um, And even with the decline in valuation, still haven't seen a lot of uh, a a big uptick in M&A activity, although companies, big companies are doing deals um, and doing upfront payments. You know, the, the delta between the amount of money that you can, you know, that gets raised, if you will, to investors from a deal versus from an acquisition versus small deal is a very different scenario. And, and the, the concern about cash runways, you know, this is a year that we talk a lot about how much cash these companies have. Remember they they don't earn any money. So for the most part, so they have to rely on, you know, public markets and other types of financing vehicles to sustain them. Uh, you know, those R and D engines are expensive.
0: And right now, if those, um, R and D engines do pay off, uh, and uh, we get uh, big successful breakthroughs, are there uh, particular companies in your coverage that look the most poised to do that? Uh, is there a way to find a, a big breakthrough company right now that's not as vaccine specific? It seems like we've gotten very myopic yeah. in that. Does that change? Do we see our focus turn elsewhere?
1: Yeah, I mean a, a big a, a big chunk of my coverage is in the oncology space, and that is an area of you know high risk and high reward. Um, oncology is a tough area, but we've seen a number of breakthroughs over the over the last few years, and so the question is kind of where's that next big breakthrough coming from? Um, I like companies that have you know right now good solid cash position, so there isn't this concern about cash runway, um, and pipelines that have depth, so you're not waiting for one single event. So a big name for me is Arcus, uh, biosciences is R-C-U-S is the ticker. It's a name that we like a lot. A lot. They have a big deal with Gilead. Um, Gilead optioned in a big chunk of their pipeline. So they'll be developing it uh, in partnership with Gilead. Another company that we like a lot is at the more, I think, esoteric end of the development space. And it's working in the area of cell therapy. So taking cells and manipulating them to mm. essentially fight cancer in your body. And that's a company called Fate Therapeutics, F A T E. Um, that's an area where investors have sort of struggled to figure out, you know, how commercially successful uh, these therapeutics can. Be, but I think we're seeing some pretty good signs that they have really disruptive, uh, cost effective technology.
0: i Love the specific ones here, especially I think uh, some of the names that a lot of people will not not know secondhand, uh, you know, uh, off the top of their head. The one uh, uh, that they might know that you do like is, is Merck, and it seems like Merck has finally yeah. woken up here. Obviously, a big oncology player that uh, kind of got forgotten during COVID. Is it coming back? Is it time for this thing to get back above 90 bucks?
1: You know, listen, we certainly hope so. There's a lot of hallmarks to think about right now. I mean, you have, you know, a company, uh, just as your prior speaker mentioned, with a decent dividend yield, you're talking north of a 3% yield. Um, Year-to-date, it certainly outperformed, not just, uh, you know, it's peer group, um, and I think the most important thing for Merck that investors need to see is the visibility beyond uh, the company's oncology franchise. Today, they market a drug called Keytruda, which could be you know, the biggest drug ever. I, we think it's gonna eclipse $20 billion in revenue at its peak, but it's very hard for investors to see sort of what's the next thing to come along. What's the next, you know, Piece of um, business that can really uh, dilute that impact down, and I think you know we're starting to get some visibility on that. The company just held a meeting with analysts, talked about their cardiovascular portfolio, which they have not talked about in certainly a a good number of years. Cardiovascular, a historical strength for Merck. Um, They also have a new, essentially a new management team. So I think you know between the economy and also some shifting sands within the development organization, we're seeing a little bit of visibility there.
0: Great stuff. Uh, an excellent uh, specific stock uh, analysis here for us after our big picture economic conversation. Mara, thanks a lot for being here with us this afternoon as well. Uh, Thank you. Really great start to our show here. Mara Goldstein, Managing Director and Senior Biotech Analyst at Mizuho Americas.